welcome, welcome, welcome to What's Your Favorite Song? It's a music and life podcast where we start off by asking each guest that all-important but impossible to answer question, what's your favorite song? And then we move on to some life and career stuff. And of course, every episode we cap it off with a little known story and or fact from music's history. I am your host, David Ashley. And welcome 2023. How y'all doing? Yes, this is a normal uh, episode, an interview episode. Um, I told you all I'd be back. Although, am I a week off? I don't know. Maybe I'm a week off from when I said uh, I'd be back. But I'm here uh, to, if you've, you know, if this is your first time with me, with us, um, thank you. Um, what I would ask for you to do, um, even if you, you know, I had somebody uh, walk up on me yesterday and say, uh, shout out to JB. He said, let me ask you a question. What's your favorite song? <laughs> I'm like, you got me, but I appreciate it. it let's me know the people are out there. Um, and another thing, you know, you, you know, we talked about yesterday was, um, he said is it annoys him when, you know, people um, say, hey, rate us, follow us, and subscribe. I, I guess he didn't realize that people actually don't do it because for him it's automatic, but you know, so y'all need to get like JB out there, man. Uh, you know, um, I would ask that you like, you know, put us on pause right now and go like, uh, subscribe, okay? Um, meaning like follow, follow us, like us, and then go an extra step if you can and, and rate us. Leave a review if you want, but at the very least rate us. And uh, that way, you know, that's how we get seen. That's how we get pushed to the top of things or, you know, maybe not the top, but somewhere in the middle uh, where we can be found. Uh, but nonetheless, I appreciate you being here. Um, again, my name is David Ashley. Uh, happy 20. You can't happy new year. Somebody on the 29th, right? You can't do that. It's a violation. Anytime after the 14th, it's a violation. You can't even make it to the 15th. It's a violation. So um, just wanted to, a quick word. We're not going to, you know, I'm not going to, um, you know, go hard at all on on uh, anything um, sad and pressing. But to my brothers out there um, and, and women, too, right, because they got to you all have to deal with us when we're not in a good way. Um you know, it's starting to feel like target season on our backs now, you know, again, it's that time of year. Um, so right quick, I just wanted to say, man, guard your spirit, uh, guard your heart. And, um, you know, if you can't handle watching the video, you know, I know it's been a couple of days now, um, you know, then don't, but just, just, you know, be aware, you know what I mean? Stuff's going on and, um, little by little, uh, you know, we definitely need to find another way. And, uh, that's all on that, um, another way to put pressure on the system. And that's it. Uh, that's all I'm gonna, that's all I'm gonna go with there until, um, you know, uh, it's another time, another podcast, but on this feed, we're going to keep it upbeat. We have an amazing guest for you today. Um, this person, let's see. Um, I've known this person loosely since what? 1995 or six and really well starting with maybe like 2001 or two 
we had a group of friends and um, we were all going to this basketball tournament, but it was within, you know, um, you know, a few blocks of my house, but I had just had my second ACL surgery and I knew her, but peripherally, um, sort of, but this was, but you know, the friends had stopped by the house and I was on crutches. I was moving slow and she helped me, like she grabbed a chair she grabbed a bag that I had and she walked with me to, um, you know, th- several blocks to this, uh, to this, uh, to the Gus Macker basketball tournament, if any of you remember that. And um, it just meant something to me because I was like, well, I don't even know you that well. And she stopped in and she helped. And uh, from then on, man, I was just like, yep, this going to be uh, a special person in my life. Um, She's a flight attendant. Um, I can't say stewardess. (laughs) Um, I think we say that later. Um, She's a flight attendant. She's a dear friend. You know, I had I had a really rough time when I moved to L.A. And, um, you know, my first few months, uh, there were a lot of deaths in my family. And uh, the only way, you know, I just moved to L.A. So, you know, the only way I was able to get back home uh, to check on family and to go to funerals uh, was our guest today. Um, uh, one of those deaths was my, my big brother. And, uh, she did, she did a solid, uh, for me, um, and for my brother really. But, um, uh, so we took a a flight, my brother and I took a flight out to the BET awards. Um, they flew, we got flewed out and all this other kind of stuff. You've heard me tell the story before. Um, if not, I tell the whole story on my other uh, podcast, David Ashley podcast, but uh, which I do. I just talk shit on that one. But um, anyway, you know, she we were on the flight and she found out what flight it was. And it was my brother's first flight. And I forgot to tell this on, on the actual interview. So I wanted to share it here. It was my brother's first flight. So she had the flight attendant. um you know, kind of call us out and, and give my brother a greeting and made him feel, you know, he was super cool, but he was he was really appreciative and uh, got us a drink. I wasn't drinking back then, but got my brother a drink and uh, on the house and, um, you know, we had snacks and it was it was real. It was real cool. But that's just the kind of person she is. She's a giver. Um, she loves people. Um, so anyway, I had them. Also, I had her and her husband on my old podcast on Lover's Week. Um, and uh, it was Lover's Week or Lover's Month, whatever it was, but it was a really great episode. It's actually my highest uh, listened to episode from from uh, a couple of years ago. So go check that out. Um, you know, if you're thinking about getting into a relationship, a lot of gems there. So without further ado, um, we're gonna get into this interview with my dear friend and flight attendant. Um, really great episode, man. She got fiery about a couple topics, uh, uh, one of which I'm going to bring her back for. But, you know, mostly we wanted to cover her life as a flight attendant, a wife and a mother on this episode. Uh, the next voices that you hear will be that of myself and Hypatia Chase. Check it out. Um, welcome, good people. As I, you know, I don't know if this is welcome back. I don't know if it's the first or the second episode of 
of uh, of the new year of the new the new uh the new iteration of what's your favorite song but we got a great guest for you today sure to be a lively episode unruly but lively nonetheless and as she as she bank head bounces um i have somebody who is uh a dear friend to me if you could stop i could hear you breathing so if you could stop breathing no, i'm joking um a dear friend of me has been there for a while um she is a igniter of people she's a uh she has a heart for people she's a just a, a no room can be dull when she's in it um she's a a wife a mother to four great kids she is a flight attendant and she might know a little something about financial literacy, but we're gonna we're gonna get to that a little later in a separate episode. We're gonna get to it here, but we're gonna do it in a separate episode. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you Hypatia Desiree Marie Chase. Hola, hola, hola. First of all, I gave her I, I gave her one of those names. Uh, uh Hypatia Chase. I'm gonna give you a do. Hypatia Chase. Thank Welcome you kindly. Welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm doing swell. How are you, sir? <laughs> That's good. I'm doing okay. Doing okay. Mm. Um, uh, so let's just, we're going to kick it off. Listen, this is it's going to be hard because when I say she's a, a dear friend, a good friend, it really is. So we got the shenanigans out before the episode so we can have a professional, you know, whatever. Did but, I? Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, hey, maybe not. Like I told you, it will be lively. So we're going to get straight to it. Hypatia Chase, what is your favorite song? My favorite song is Brandy, Best Friend. Wow. Wow. Uh, yes. it was. I moved to Indiana summer of 95. My sister oh. was already living here. So when that wow. song came out, I mean, we did vid we did the dance her and Ray J did. Oh, y'all did the whole we routine. Did, mm, mm, mm. We did it all. I mean, and really when I was younger, I didn't understand the words, but it really mm. was fitting as I got older because we moved to a place where we didn't know anyone, uh, not even our father. So we're getting to know all these people and that was my best friend. That's who I had. So wow. I mean, anytime that song comes on, I'm thinking about my sister, just thinking about old times, you know, coming into being a woman and thinking I was cute, kind of, you know, because I wasn't cute prior to moving here. So. <laughs> oh, wow. OK. So, OK. Mm -hmm. And she That's had a little cute, you know, her little cute dress and. Uh uh, it was just, yeah. Anytime that song uh, comes on, anytime I see uh, my sister, we always play it and we still dance uh, to uh, it. That's great. So, that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. So listen, if I may be selfish right here, <laughs> listen, that sister she talks about. Oh, here we go. First phone number I ever got. You hear me? <laughs> First phone, and it was the summer of night, right before school started back in 95. Mm. I was like, ha, let me get them digits. <laughs> Shout out, what up, Leilani? Hey, um, oh, okay. So what was the first album that you owned or purchased? First album was Kale's 
R. Kelly, the Blue Album oh, CD. See, it was my first, my my very first CD I purchased with my own money, and and I was I had to be listening to Tempo Slow in my room because my dad came in and oh, needless to say he threw that CD in the in the oh, garbage. Oh, 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 oh he fris he frisbee kill out out the room. Huh? Hey, oh, I no. remember I had a little you know a little CD player on the top with the tape deck on the front. Yeah, he bought that yeah. boy, took it out, and then. <laughs> I had to rebuy it again. I just didn't listen to it when he was around. You should have. You should have been playing. You should have saw him, heard him coming and play "Trade in My Life." He, he'd have never touched it. He'd have never touched it. Oh, oh yeah, Kells. That was my first. That was my first oh, that's album. A great, that's a that's a great underrated R. Kelly album. It is. Um, mm -hmm. What is what is your favorite album? Mm, favorite album. It took me a little work to get here, but. I had to think about what the CD meant to me. So uh, I do have an honorable mention, but my favorite okay. CD is, is Tracy Chapman. Mm -hmm. 1988. Oh. I used to ride with my mom and sing and she had a nice deeper voice so I could match her tone. So we yeah. just used to, man, fast car across the lines i mean Damn. and i listen to it now with my kids and i listen to the words in the cd that's like these things still apply right that right. cd came out in 88 and we still dealing oh, with the same beautiful. stuff in 23 that's beautiful so that's beautiful. every single that's... <clears throat> go ahead i'm sorry no every i picked it on i had to know the words to every song on the album and that's the only oh. CD oh, that I knew every it. single word wow. to every song. So that's why it's oh, that's deep. That's deep. <laughs> Wait, what's the what's the uh, honorable mention? Oh, 112. First one. First 112. Oh. Oh. That first 112. <laughs> oh. I don't know how many nights I laid listening oh. to that. Oh man, listen, that, man. Don't Listen, do not disrespect 112 <laughs> at all when you talk. When it comes to that first CD, man, that first 112 was fun. Mm, the, the interlude, <clears throat> man, them interludes could have been songs. Man, I'm like, come on. That, listen, that was Bad Boy would give you that back then, man. They would give you interludes on that one on the Carl Thomas that were definitely supposed to be songs, man. That that was um okay. Okay. Give me that. Um Okay. And I mean, and first of all, I know I listen to, you know, we listen to older music that was older than our lives, but it just sounds it's wild and, and beneficial, I think, to hear that children, 10 year old and younger, uh, listening to Tracy Chapman. That's beautiful. Uh -huh. I was because, actually... because she was already off the beaten path a little bit. You know what I mean? It wasn't necessarily pop. She had that one song, a couple songs that go pop, uh -huh. but it was. Um, that's a that's a great thing. That's a great education, though. Go ahead. Oh yeah, I was in the airport taking. We were I was taking the kids to see their grandma, and I had headphones and I was humming "Fast Car." And Anahi's three seats down, and she looks at me and says, "Are you listening to Fast Car?" Oh my God, that's. <laughs> I said, "Let's go." That's good. That's great. <laughs> a great musical education, man. That's amazing. <laughs> um, so, what was your first concert? First concert, Black Expo, Indianapolis. Uh oh. Frankie Beverly and Maze. 
You're shut up. You're I am not, no. I remember what I had on. I remember what I wore. <laughs> Shout out T. She used to know someone that got concert tickets, and we were down there. Me, Danielle. I'm like, whoa! Man, it was me. such a great. It was so great. It was so great, and oh, I mean, I just wow. remember. Now, were you? I mean, at the at the time, were you familiar with the songs or? somewhat familiar just because my mom you know listened to yeah. old stuff but it was just to see how the older generation because we were the youngest by far yeah. there and just to see how they enjoyed the music the same music they weren't coming out with new things it was right, music right. from way past but they were just it was it was it was great it was great they was rocking out huh oh, it was beautiful. great but i do have an honorable mention Oh, let's go. Let's go. I love I love honorable mentions here. Let's go. Honorable mention, I went to a concert by myself. It was at Radisson Star Plaza. And it was it was Jeffrey Osborne opened up for Will Downing. Oh, I was good. <laughs> That's your guy. And I love Will Downing. I love, I like Jeffrey Osborne too, but I went by myself, which is what made it great because when you go by yourself, there's always seats, you know, just one seater's places. I was sitting in the second row, in the second row by myself. And I knew, I'm I'm telling you, I was just, it was. Oh, that's beautiful. I'm grown. Uh, (laughs) No, when you, listen, when you talk about grown folks' music, it don't get no growner than Frankie Beverly and Maze and Will Damn Downey. I know. It don't get no more grown than no. uh, um, I try to do. Yeah, yeah. The best Wait, I was... could for <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I knew I was going to set you up. Hey. I've never been to a concert there. And when I went home just now, yo, they cleared all of that out. Yep. It's all gone. You missed your chance. Like Michael Jackson in London, you missed your chance. <laughs> I know. Oh, don't get, don't start, man. <laughs> don't break me down, Pay. Don't break me down. Oh, Shimon, I was going. You hear me? I was going to the O2. Um, oh, man, that is great. Yeah. That is great. That's a great honorable mention. Um, okay, and let's get it. Your favorite concert. Oh, well, it would have to be that one. So it would have to uh, be, Will yes, the Will Downing and Jeffrey Osborne. I mean, that's okay. that's because it's funny because you typically don't go to a concert by yourself. So you're right. just in a different mindset. You're not having to please anyone else, not having to engage with anybody. It's just you looking at them. And it was funny because most of the people there came for Jeffrey Osborne. But Jeffrey wow. opened up for Will. So when Will came out, they didn't know the songs. I'm like, what? What yeah, what's what's tough. wrong with y'all? That's a tough one. Because oh, yeah. Osborne has the bigger market share. I mean he's more popular, was in the group, been around longer. So I get that. Mm-hmm. I get that. But he was in his fifties, still taking his shirt off. Girls were still throwing panties on the stage. Like y'all still yeah. has has just recently gone vegan too, by the way, in the last few years. Let's go. He's seven. He's 75. Here we go. He is 75 years old. I find that that's amazing. He still sounds like he's he's 30. Oh yeah, I just <clears throat> he was on um Tank Tank's R&B Money. Oh, he was just oh, on there. Absolutely. Well, yeah, so that's where mm-hmm. I got that from. You got yeah, you heard that. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, good. Mm-hmm. Good. 
All right. And uh, listen, you did pretty good. Did pretty good there. Oh, I mean, do I? I don't need your approval. <laughs> <laughs> That's the end of the puck nudge plan. So, Hypatia Chase, um, how did you get into the world of uh, well, you used to correct me. I can't say stewardess anymore. How did you get into being a flight attendant? So, I was, shout out Damien. I was working at Sprint on Cicero Avenue. Oh, what up, Damien? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and they had changed from, you could be a sales rep and then you could be a customer service rep. And then they changed and made you do both. So I had to start selling phones and I was, I sucked. I just sucked at selling phones. It wasn't my thing. And so it was right down the street from Midway Airport. So flight attendants would come in all the time. They looked so cute. They had the little outfits, their roller bags. I'm like, oh, man. So I would assist them in getting their phones worked on, mm -hmm. things like that. And um, one day I was helping a, pa uh, helping a customer and there was a flight attendant in line behind him. And I just looked at the girl and I'm like, oh, I want to be a flight attendant. But I said it out loud. I said, oh, I want to mm. be a flight attendant. And so the guy in front of me says, are you are you serious about being a flight attendant? And I said, yes. And that was that. So I helped him and his wife with his phone. Mitch Williamson, Mitch and Sandra. So I helped them with their phone. They left wow. and I was closing that night. So I stayed was staying till about nine. And so he came back up to the store and he had a referral filled out. He ended up being a Southwest flight attendant. So he ended up, him and his wife were both flight attendants for Southwest Airlines. So he had a referral filled out, my, what qualities I had, everything. The only thing he didn't have on it was my name because he didn't oh. know my name. And he left me, he's like, "Are you? if you're serious about being a flight attendant, send this in with your resume. And I'll be John Brown. <laughs> I sent that book. <laughs> I sent it in. I, I was wow. ready, ready. So I had my interview that went well, went well. But there was about a year between the time that I actually had my interview to they actually brought me in for training. Really? So I'm watching really? other people okay. get the job and I'm hearing people talking like, hey, such and such got the job. This guy, the job. I'm like, hey, what's for me is for me. So That's sure right, enough. Right. I got it, went in there, I did my four weeks of training and became a flight attendant, which wow. would be 18 years ago now, 18 years. 18 years. I, I know. Man, time flies. Like, I remember when you first, I, I remember who I, I tried to see you in Nashville when I was still <laughs> living in Nashville, and we I, we couldn't get it together, but I was like, yo, I remember you. That's crazy. That's insane. 18 years. Yeah, that's up for insane. retirement in so, three. <laughs> up for retirement. Let's get it. Let's get it. Three more um, years. So, talk to me about the training about the, about being, you know, of being a flight attendant. What was the training like? And so, for back then, it was four weeks. You spent four weeks in a hotel room with a roommate. Uh, you get there, you find out who your roommate is, and basically, we call it Barbie boot camp. But basically, they're, they're trying to see what type of person you are. And so they ask you to bring this picture, like a, a passport size picture. And they ask you to bring a couple of them. And you give them to them once you get there. 
And I found out after I graduated that they gave this picture to the employee workers that worked at the hotel. And so if anything happened that was undesirable, if you had behavior that was undesirable, they would pick out who was that. And they would send you home. You would get sent back home because you didn't have good customer service. You were mean to, let's say you're at the bar, you're at the, you know, you're eating and your food takes a long time to come and you're griping about it. You're, you're mean to the waitress. They would just pull your picture. They would pull your picture because you're on, you know, camera. They would pull your picture and you get sent home. And so you're like, you're on your toes all the time. You never know when someone's watching you. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's like so, a game show. It is. And like every every day they had a test. So every day you were tested on what you learned the day before. So every night you're just you're studying group studies and before you even get there, you have to know all of the announcements. So they'll give you a packet. You gotta know the announcements, you gotta know the the chairman, you gotta know the people and you know, the higher ups, their names, you know, the mission statement. So they're like they're ready. They're ready. When you come in, they're like, okay, so what are the announcements? And you have to say the announcement announcements verbatim. You have to have them memorized because you don't know which one they're going to ask you. And that was the uh-huh. very first day in class. We got to class. They're like, okay, what's the announce this announcement? And you're like, um, uh, boy, seven hundred series. There's six. So, and so it's about how quickly you can retain the information hey, okay. and how nice you are during it. You what know, are you doing? cause you wow, gotta be okay. smiling. Like your cheeks hurt. I'm, I, I ain't never smiled so much in my life. <laughs> I'm just, hi, 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 hi. <laughs> anyone wow. you see, anyone you see, hi, how are you? You walk past anyone, you're high and you know, you're smiling. You're not showing any <laughs> attitude. You ain't getting into it. But the, 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 the flip side to that is you're away from home mm-hmm. four weeks in a hotel room with a jacuzzi. Your liquor costs a dollar, two dollars for hard liquor. So yeah. people are trying to balance out being away from their husbands, wives, children yeah. in a hotel, having fun with, I mean, young folks chilling. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You come into you come into class, you smell like alcohol, they send you home. Right. So they're they're giving you the life of a flight attendant because you have, you know, a lot of perks. And when you get to the overnights, can you handle it? Can you handle being? Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. And so um, I made a a vow to myself that I wouldn't fail any test. So I'm like, I'm not failing any tests. And at that time, you could only miss two questions on the test to pass. If you miss three questions, you have failed the test. If you fail the test, you have to take a retake of that day and you have to pass it. If you don't pass it, you get sent home. God. (laughs) So there were weedy people. (laughs) And you had to have a smile while you're doing it. Right. I mean, people was getting sent home like, what happened to him? What happened to her? What happened to (laughs) them? Oh, that's wild. That's crazy. Cause you never, you didn't know what happened. Like you didn't yeah. know what was going on. You just, this was in 2004. So we weren't, you know, one day, one, one person was there. The next day they weren't there. What happened to such and such? Yeah. Oh, he got sent home. what did he get sent home for? He was mad. He was, uh, talking, uh, being rude to the waiter or he was, yeah. you know, doing this. 
So I'm going to tell you a quick story real quick. So something happened. This is why they talk about, you know, how you shouldn't talk about people. Keep your, you know, you shouldn't be talking negatively about people. So there was this girl, there was a lady there or young lady. And it was rumored that when she was sleeping with a lot of men during training. And so, you know, everybody getting on the bandwagon. Oh, she's a, she's a this, she's a that. We talking about her. So come graduation day, me, I wear the wrong shoes for graduation. So they had very strict guidelines on the shoes you could and couldn't wear. Like you had to have full makeup, mascara, blush, lipstick, foundation. You had to have it all, mask, everything. And so I wore some Borns, doggone Borns. Let's get it. And it was a, a half sole in the, like the half of the heel. So it wasn't a full heel, but it was half a heel. And I remember I was walking and one of the instructors said, hey, Hypatia, come here. I said, let me see your shoes. And I said, I showed her, showed her my shoes. She said, you can't walk across the stage with those shoes on. Now, I had made it through the four weeks, never failed anything. And come the last day, she said, you can't graduate with those shoes on. You'll have to get sent home. Oh, unless she said, unless somebody here has some shoes. And wait you can, a minute. Wait. <laughs> they were about to send you home from the ad on graduation day? On graduation. They wasn't playing no games. And so she said, you cannot go back to the hotel room to get shoes. Someone here would have to have shoes for you to wear across that stage. Yes. So I'm asking everybody. I'm like, I'm crying. Who has shoes? Guess who had the only extra set of shoes? The girl that I had put my mouth on during training. And I said, I'm sorry, Lord. I had to repent because had it, had it not been for her being there, I wouldn't have become a flight attendant. I said, you know what? You got to stop talking about people. You got to start. You got to start praying for people. Quit talking about them. And sure enough, she didn't even make it. The crazy part, she didn't make it past probation. She got fired before her probation was over. Really? And, and that was just a solidify to say, you know, first of all, God was looking out for me, you know, when I made a mistake. But quit talking about people because you never know when you might need that person. That, like, man, you never know. You, hey, it oh, was crazy. Hey, that's that is incredible. I was like, anybody got shoes? Now, listen, I'm a size nine. I wear a legit um, nine. She was a size seven. <laughs> you think I didn't when I did? <laughs> Talking about toes was curled up in that boy. Man, you pigeon toed in that boy. <laughs> hey, I was sitting in the graduation with my heel off because the toes, the shoes were too small. Soon as I, oh soon as they were getting ready to call my roll, I put my feet in them shoes. I'm like, ouch, ouch. Thank you for my wings. <laughs> Ouch, ouch. So wait a minute. Did you have to? Did she have an extra pair, or like yeah. what was the? She had an extra wow. pair of all white gym shoes. I'm talking about my toes was in that boy slapping. I'm like, mm mm, <laughs> this don't work today. <laughs> so that's a lesson. Be careful oh, who you're talking about. You might need them one be day. Who are you talking about? Wow, I'll be there. So let me ask you about. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Let me ask you about um, your flight. Your your flight attendant. You're out and about. Tell me about that transition of of you know meeting the love of your life, getting married, and then having children, 
and then having to juggle all of that together. It's like, how do you figure out, okay, when I'm going to work versus when I'm going to, you know, be here. Just talk to me about that whole, that, that line from being, I'm talking about single to marry to children while still trying to fly the friendly skies. Shout out to Missy and Timberland. Hey. And Genuine. Hey, friendly skies. Well, they don't know about the friendly skies. You had to be you had to be in Missy album to get that one. <laughs> Leah, okay. Um, so let me first say anybody desiring to be a flight attendant, and if you have a possessive um controlling, insecure uh, significant other or spouse, this is not the job hmm. for you. <laughs> This is not the career oh, career it. field for you. First off, there, it got takes it. a lot of trust uh, because you are around just anybody, anybody and everybody. And the rumor about flight attendants and pilots and, you know, you got all those, you're on the plane with people with different, you know, uh, money assets. Tommy Davidson. <laughs> So, yeah. first of all, if it's a, it, you just have to make sure that you have a firm foundation for your relationship. Because if yeah. you don't, it is going to wreck, wreak havoc on that relationship because you are gone a lot of the time. And most of the time, wow. it, you're saying, you know, we go out to eat. Most of the time, a lot of the flight tents will go out to eat after they get to their overnight, whatever city they're overnight in. They'll, if they're in Vegas, they're on the strip. If they're overnighting in, you know, just wherever, Hawaii, you know, you're out and your significant other is at home <laughs> with the kids or by themselves. Wow. And you just like, I remember there, it up. <laughs> there was a snowstorm in Indiana and I was in Cancun on the beach, sending Tony video like, yo, <laughs> hey, get <laughs> I'm sitting in oh. video like, hey, uh, shovel that, make sure that shovel before I get home. That is <laughs> that driveway. Oh, and so, so in the beginning, it's fun. It's exciting. You get to do whatever you want to do. You're here, here, bopping. Like, but then you get into a, a relationship that's going to last and you get married. Then on top of being married, the married part was fine, but it was when I started having kids. When I started having kids, mm -hmm. I had my values changed. So I had already been a flight attendant for how, 10 years and so yeah. nine years. So I already had a lot of fun. You know, I already got to yeah. see most places I wanted to see in the U.S. And so it became a thing where I cannot be a good mom if I'm not here. Okay. I, I could not okay. come to terms with being a mom and being gone because I, I, for me, this is just me personally. I couldn't have both worlds. I could yeah. not, I'm going to miss something. It's just the reality. Mm. I'm going to miss something with being a flight attendant. And I just wasn't willing to, um, trade because you, you're making trades. And so it's like, do yeah. I miss being there? I'm, I'm pumping breast milk in, in the bathroom on an airplane. You know, it's like, wow. Wow. this is gross. This is disgusting. <laughs> you know, the bathroom is already nasty. Right, right. But I'm, I'm like doing what I got to do to feed my kids, you know? And so it became a situation where... Wow. It, it wasn't worth the trade-off. I had had nine years of doing it 
I had my fun. So then I just started drawing back. I, I can't work as much. I had to work less. I had to be at home because I was raised by my grandma. And so it was very important for me to be involved, be here. Being here to me meant being a better uh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna call it how it is being a better mother than my mom was to me, what I felt. And okay. so I was like, I have to be there. And so I just started drawing back and drawing back and drawing back. So um, it's very hard to be in two places at one time. And it's just, it's impossible, wow. actually. And yeah. so when I'm yeah. on an overnight and Tony is here taking care of the kids, I felt guilty. Like, you know, and while the money was great, uh, don't get me wrong. It's a great, mm-hmm. great money. It's like, uh, which one yeah. do I value more? And it became yeah. a situation where we just started living on less, living on less, living on less, which gave us the opportunity for me to just come home for a year. Like 2020, I didn't work. I was like, I didn't know what COVID was. I was like, whoa, I'm not going to be on the airplane with all these people from different countries. And I'm just going to stay at home, you know, yeah. basically controlled yeah. by fear. <laughs> so controlled by fear, yeah. I stayed home for 2020 because I didn't mm-hmm. want no problems. I didn't want to bring nothing home to my family. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, we know you know. We know you. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, man, I'm a ghost. I'm a ghost for that year. What you mean? (laughs) Cool. So, let me ask you a question. Moving from Seattle to Hammond without knowing anybody except for Leilani was, uh, that was, that was different. So let me know, (laughs) do you think that has something to do with your adventurous spirit, if you will? Um, I think just the way I'm built and what I could add to that, to that career. I I know I'm this, I would be great at that. I know my personality would be great at that, but moving, like moving from Washington state where I'm around all my cousins, I'm, you know, we're like sisters and brothers and then moving to Indiana where I know no one, not even my own father. Right. So I just Leilani is it. And at that time, Leilani did not live in the house. She was going through her LCJC thing. So she wasn't in mm-hmm. the house. So I'm just in this house. And I'm like, even to this day, I want to get away from Indiana. All right. So this mm-hmm. was never my home home. I know you're going to talk hey, about me. Hey, <laughs> wait, watch, watch your mouth. HMD, HMD been good to you. Let's get it. Go ahead. I'm I'm not denying that, not denying that, uh, not denying that it hasn't been good and everything happens for a reason. But my dad was never really involved with his side of the family. And so it's, mm-hmm. it was more just us. And so, you know, Danielle came into the picture because, oh, you know, just came into the picture and and that was like my sister you know when Leilani wasn't around that was my sister and dad never engaged with his his outside family even to this day I don't have a real relationship other than one uncle with you know so um the getaway part it was definitely that you know I want to get away I got to get away from here (laughs) I got to okay. get away from Indiana. Uh, okay. Sour relationship, just I got to get out of here. And so that was the opportunity to go. I'm like, I'm taking that. I'm taking it. I'm taking okay. it. I don't got no kids. Okay. I'm out of here. And out so, here. yeah, okay. it was basically, actually, it was just me running. The reality mm. was me running from things that I did not want to face, that I didn't want to confront. 
So the job was an outlet to run, which is why Vegas, I moved to Vegas. I was running. Okay. Like, get me out of here. Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. I get so, that. But, so actually, it probably was a, a cover up for some things that I probably should have dealt with. Ah, uh, okay. Uh. <laughs> Hello. And so... <laughs> You know, so but then, you know, as you progress, the job is still great, but it's just not great for me anymore. Um, It still adds value, um, the opportunity to still fly all of us for free, uh, but it just doesn't add the value that it added at that in that season in my life. Mm -hmm. You have different values. Mm -hmm. So so what were some of, um, I guess what were some or did you have any reservations about becoming a flight attendant? It seemed like you were you couldn't wait to start a new thing. But with that, were there any reservations to flying or anything like that? It's funny because I don't like heights, even to this day. Uh, I will not. I'm not getting on a roller coaster. I'm not doing anything that requires <laughs> me to be up high. Like, so how can you be a flight attendant? And I remember I didn't have any reservations until I had to work myself home. So after you get out of training, you have to fly and work yourself back to your home base. So we were in Dallas and I had to do four legs coming home through different cities. And the first, I oh, what's got, a leg? What's a leg? What's about a leg? Uh, so a Dallas to Houston would be one leg. You fly from Dallas to Houston, that's one leg. Houston to Austin, that's leg two. And so I'm working my way back to Midway and I was dizzy. I wanted to throw up. I was just, my stomach hurt. I did, I'm like, how am I going to do this long term? But it was, it was, that was after I graduated though. So I had already put in four weeks in Dallas. This was going to be my thing. You know, I'm like, okay, this is it. So there was not a question at that point whether this job was for me. I could be myself. I could talk about people. I could joke on people. So, I mean, yeah. At that time, like nothing is greater than this. This is great. That's great. That's great. Um, I remember um, you provided an opportunity for my mom to fly for the first time uh, to Phoenix to see, you know, to see her sister, Monty Joyce, when she was living out there. And um I just remember thinking, yo, that's such a cool way to to live, to fly anytime you want and then let other people, you know, kind of offer that opportunity uh, to other people. So you were going to say something before I cut you off about the legs uh, before your first uh, four legs in in, in Houston or something like that. Mm. Oh, I said it. Just the the working the four legs to get to the destination was a lot because I don't like heights. I'm not a I don't like being up high. So. And how many trips would you say are on a average? How does it go? Most people go to work, they clock in nine to five. What is your average day? Are they multiple days? Like, talk to us about that. Okay. So, uh, a, a normal flight attendant just starting out, you'll be working the weekends, whether it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they'll keep you for three days. So, they keep okay. you for three days. So, let's say if I live in Chicago and I'm based out of Chicago, I would start in Chicago. Uh, the first day you go out and you spend the night in a hotel. Second day you do your legs during the day you work and then you stay in a hotel. You get to 
go see, I mean, you know, go see whatever you want to see while you're in these cities and then you're just ready for work in the morning. Uh, or if you work at night, you're ready for work at night, you know, a PM shift. Uh, but you're on call. So when you first start, you're on call and they can call you at any time during a certain time frame, whether it's 3 to 3 a.m. to 11 in the morning or 11 uh, a.m. till 5 in the evening. So whatever it is, they have a block time that they can contact you. But once you work your legs to your destination, wherever you're overnighting, they pay for your hotel. You get a discount on your food. You get to go do what you want to do and then just be ready for work the next day. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it was great. Two questions: was was it annoying, like to be, you know, for um, to be somebody who was on to be on call at that time, right? It was just like I, I got, I want to schedule these things to do, but I don't know if they're gonna call me to fly. Um, I would say I'm about to age myself right now because when I started, we had paid, <laughs> we had pagers. <laughs> So you had your pager and you had to, they would, oh yeah, (laughs) because when I first started, I actually moved to Baltimore because I was based in Baltimore. So I had a place in Baltimore and so I would just stay in Baltimore when I was on call. So anytime I was on the call, on call, I would just stay in Baltimore and then come back to Chicago when my shift was done after the three days. And so they would page you and then you had a certain amount of time, whether it's 30 minutes, an hour to call them back and get your assignment. Um, of course, they have done away with the pagers now. <laughs> now it's just they call you on your cell phone. Um, it At the time I was single in the sense of I didn't have major responsibilities, no kids uh, in and out of relationships. So it wasn't there was no man. I want to be at that or man. I want to be at that. It was more of a free lifestyle. So. Now okay. that would be a stretch. I don't do, I'm not on call anymore because of my seniority. So I don't do the calling. Uh, um, <laughs> there's no, bop, bop. we don't do the, the on call thing, you know? So um, my seniority has put me in a place where I don't have to do that anymore. So, um, okay. but it does suck for those starting out because you have to be there. You, when you're first starting out, you can't be calling in sick. You have to be, where they want you to be when they want you to be there. So if you make, don't make plans when you're supposed to be at work. So basically when you're starting out, you're going to be working the weekends, which of course is when most people do what they do mm-hmm. enjoyment wise. And you just have to know that you got six months of you hustle until six you're off probation. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So did you use it as a, um, you know, uh, as a way to see places, did you get to explore much when you were out on these trips or was it like, oh, just work, got to go back in the morning? Like, how did you use, oh. you know, that life to your to your benefit? I was going everywhere. Anytime <laughs> I got to a hotel room, like, what are we doing? Where are we going? Where are we going? Seattle? OK, good. We L.A. Come, go see your friends. I mean, you yeah. just go out to eat with your friends. You get to yeah. see whatever you want to see on on Southwest Dime. So you don't even have to, you know, pay to spend the night somewhere. I mean, it right. was oh, it was great. And I look yeah. look back on it. I'm like, I got to see so many places, do so many things, be introduced to so many people, foods. Just, I mean, it, yeah. it, it's been crazy. 
I, I remember who you were like, yeah, I'm about to go see this Pink concert <laughs> in Texas. I was like, what? Just for no reason, just because I wanted to go. I like Pink, and she got a concert, and I'm going. And I went to that one by myself. I did a lot yeah, of concerts. Yeah. That's good. I remember I was in the first row on that one, very first row. She actually spoke to me. Let's go. Oh, she? she spoke to me because I knew all her songs. And I'm like, yo, I got money now. And she was like, you got money? I was like, yo, Pink just spoke to me. Oh, that's great. I mean, you can just do it at the drop of a dime. Money is it doesn't get in the way. It's because most people don't go because of funds. But when you fly for free, your hotel is discounted extremely or free. You know, when you're working, it's free. When you're going on your own stuff, it's discounted. I mean, you just it opens up so many opportunities for you to do things that you wouldn't normally do. So, so talk to me about. the the hub situation like is there is is it a let's say um so when you live close to a hub right there's benefits but is is it a was it hard for you to go to baltimore to to travel out of baltimore is that a disadvantage of of you know living a, is there a disadvantage to living away from your hub there is so let's say um, I can just drive to work so I can just drive to work and and go and come back here. But let's say I lived in New Orleans and I'm based mm-hmm. in uh, I'm just going to go Atlanta. I would have to fly mm-hmm. from uh, Louisiana to Atlanta and then start my trip. So let's say mm-hmm. I work on Friday. I would Friday morning. I would have to fly to Atlanta on Thursday night to be ready and on on call for Friday morning. So there is a disadvantage because you lose time because you got to get to your, you got to get to your yeah. hub and then start from the hub. So extra day to any trip. Yeah, it, it is unless you work at night. So if I work a PM, my trip doesn't start till 4 PM in the evening. I can come up in the morning, but still you come up in the morning and then you have to work all night. So it's still, it. you're still losing time, but people do it. Your, your seat is protected, so they get you there. Of course, they want you to work. So your seat is protected in case, in case there's some situations. So Okay. Okay. Um, but there and, is a disadvantage, but you can do it. Okay. So, listen, if you've never flown with a flight attendant, walk <laughs> through the airport, you're you missing out on life. Listen, one time... <laughs> She tells she, she pay called me. And she said I called pay. She called me. And she said, "Hey, what you doing for New Year's?" I was like, "Shoot, I don't know." And she was like, "You want to go to Vegas?" Heck yeah, I want to go to Vegas for New Year's. So she got there. She said, "Yeah, I'm gonna be here. This is such and such a time." I got there, had packed a little bag or whatever. We walked through the airport. I mean, just unscathed, untouched. It's like I felt like VIP at the at the BT Awards. I was like, "What you talking to me for, peasant? You walk, you're standing in the line. What are you talking? I mean, we walk right through, got right on the plane, and sat next to Tommy Davidson, by the way. And this was also the first trip I ever. This is the first time I ever got drunk on New Year's Eve, nine into ten, with a million people on the strip. But and. I'm telling you, it was just a great, but I mean, talk to me about what I, what I did see was you, I don't know if you volunteered, uh, well, I guess you were a volunteer to help 
out the flight attendant since you were on a trip. How often does that happen versus you just, you know, taking a trip and just, you know, just kind of relaxing? Um, I I gauge it. If it's a long trip, I, I stay out of the flight attendant's way because they got it. But it was L.A. to Vegas. It's a short flight and it's full. So you, mm-hmm. you just pick up the peanuts at that time we were still giving out peanuts and pretzels so you just help out just as a kind gesture on short flights but long flights you you stay in your lane stay in your seat but on short flights it it is a bit drastic because la to vegas people are drinking a lot so yeah anyone that knows you making drinks that takes a lot more time than pouring a coke so it it takes longer so you just do it to help out so they don't have okay. to do it, but mm-hmm. I remember that. Now, no, that was great. That was that was fun. I was just yeah. like, I, I didn't want to fly any other way anymore. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? I need me a little. <laughs> I need it. it she could have helped me by now. Give me a little flight attendant situation. <laughs> Hello, ladies. How y'all doing? <laughs> that is hilarious. What's um, funny so was me about. Go ahead. That, it's funny just because that being a flight attendant opened up the opportunity for me to move to Vegas. I would have never moved to Vegas had I oh, not right. become a flight attendant. And that's it was right. it was like that's a gamble. Right. I was I, we were going to open a base, but they did not tell us where the base was going to be. So I just was like, you know what, wherever the base is, I'm going to move. Wow. I was just ready to leave Indiana. I was ready to oh. get out of things that I was yeah. in that I shouldn't have been in. And so I yeah. just said, you know what, wherever they have a base, I'm moving. They yeah. just, and I was, and it ended up being Vegas. And I said, yeah. Could have been, been Utah. <laughs> you been stuck. <laughs> I would have moved just, just for, just to go. Just and to so yeah. they paid for my move. They paid to move my apartment. I moved in a, uh, in a furnace condo, two minutes from the strip. I mean, yeah. that was just, that was great. It was wow. great. And I would have never had that opportunity had had I not been a flight attendant. So oh, it, wow. it's definitely opened opened up some avenues that, you know, I've never would have gone through. So. OK. And, and so talk to me about um, some of the you, you love the job. Gives you great opportunities, <laughs> um, great perks. Well, talk to me about some of the um, cut, l- dealing with people. I'm sure can be difficult. How do you deal with difficult uh, customers in the sky where you can't just walk away from them? It's like you have to be confined with them in the in the flying metal tube for <laughs> you know for up to three hours. Like, how do you deal with that? Um, well, the atmosphere of the world is different now. And I definitely, um, Mm. I don't know the last time I've been to work somewhere, March, somewhere in there. So now I don't work like I used to, of course. Um, and I really wasn't a worker. I just did my three days and I was done. I lived a lot below my means. So I didn't have to work a lot, even back Mm -hmm. before I was married with kids. Um, the flight attendant has the ability to control the atmosphere in the whole cabin. And Uh, that's why I like to be the very first flight attendant. When you walk on the plane, that very first person you see has the opportunity to to 
change the whole atmosphere of the cabin. Set the tone. Okay. Uh, because they're the first person you see. If you're mad, something happened to you in the airport, something happened, the very first flight attendant you see has the ability to pick up on those things. So if you're doing your job to the best of your ability, you're going to pick up on when people are upset when they walk on the airplane. And having the ability to talk on the mic because that's the flight attendant that does the talking on the mic, the very first one you see. Um, They have a responsibility to do the best that they can to change the atmosphere if it has gone bad after delays and things like that. I'm not talking about crazy folks that just have a intention to do harm to a flight attendant. (laughs) Because some people just, that's you know, whether it's they they hell bent on making it an issue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll just give an example. As I was walking through the cabin one time, you know, we had to ask people to raise their seat backs, put their, their luggage underneath the seat. And let me give the disclaimer. The flight attendant really don't care if you do it or not. We just are paid to do it. FAA requires us to say it. Number one, If the tray tables are down and your luggage is out from under your seat, 70 to 80% of accidents happen on takeoff or landing. You need clear access to the aisle to get out as quickly as possible. If someone's Mm. tray tables are down, there's luggage out, it is a tripping hazard. One person trips, the next person trips. We're trying to evacuate a plane in two minutes or less. We want the least amount of, of hurdles to get past to get you guys off and your life saved. So stop giving the flight attendants a hard time when they ask you these questions because it's for your good because you wow. never know when a crash is going to happen. Like this serious for takeoff and landing, even when I'm not working, I'm not listening to anything. I'm focused because you never know when your life is going to change on that flight and you need to get out of that plane as soon as possible. But anyway, I'm walking through the cabin and I tell a gentleman he has dreads and uh, African-American to put his tray table up. And I say it nicely. After 18 years, I don't I'm not I don't have an attitude about it. It's like, okay, you just do it. (laughs) And so he calls me Willie Lynch. He's like, you know who you remind me of? And he said, Willie Lynch. And I was... So as I... Oh, hotel got you. And I said, what? I said, because I asked you to put wow. your tray table up? I said, you know what? Leave it down. L- leave everything on your lap. Just And so I didn't even say anything. I said, no, you know what I did say? I said, thank you. I said, thank you very much. I must look like him. <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> and I said, mm. she was hot. That's all she had for him. You know what? That's wild. That's I, wild. I actually had to call my, I called my mom and, and in the jetway, because my mom had told me who Willie Lynch was, slave mm-hmm. owner, pitting light skin against dark skin, keeping your self-esteem low so they can do whatever they want to do. You're not educating. So anyway, I had, I already knew. I said, why would you be so hurtful? Like, that's just hurtful. And so, and things have happened over the years. Mm-hmm. If you learn how to control your own emotion, a lot of things won't escalate to where they escalate. Uh, I've, I've noticed. Um, being not at work and I just see stuff on TV, people send me videos. I'm like, how do things 
escalate to that that high so quick. Um, and really, so when I'm A and I'm in the front, I just try to control with humor, control with compassion, control with just good customer service. We are missing good yeah. customer service. Yeah. No. Why do you think Chick-fil-A, just the business that they get, people desire 100%. to be treated respectfully when they're spending their money. 100%. Yeah. 100%. And so I will pass places if I know they don't have good customer service. My yeah. money is important. The where I spend my money, yeah. I would like to be treated kindly. <laughs> yeah. Speak speaking of speaking of money. Let's what what is <clears throat> I want to do a, a different entirely different episode about this, but say a couple of things about briefly what got you into to financial literacy and why do you think that's such a tough issue that we deal with we as in people or we as in uh, well let's just say we as in people we know the socioeconomic issues that you know that that um that black folks have been in but just money period like how do you mm-hmm. think well, well what first of all what got you into it <clears throat> So, um, I would just say the Holy Spirit, actually. I mean, I really okay. can't even say it was my desire or my something that I wanted. I was just sitting on the couch one day and just tired of the working, paying bills. I was tired of bills coming to the mailbox. I was tired of having the burden of debt. And so I was like, man, there's got to be a better way. Like, there's got to be a better life. Um, and just just tired of the, the, every, the struggle. When you have debt, there is a struggle. And you're balancing this and, and trying to pay this and don't have the money to pay this. And then you're getting uh, green notices from NISCO. If you're from Indiana, you know what the green notice means. They're mm-hmm. they about to cut your stuff off. Bye-bye. <laughs> And oh, I got a funny story about that. I, I had my, I got my own place when I was 19, didn't have any roommates. And I remember my Nipsco got cut off and the, the guy came to turn my Nipsco back on and he came into my apartment and he said, huh, this is interesting. And I said, what? He said, I expected your house to be nasty. Wow. <laughs> it's a light. Wow. I said, what does that mean? No, he said, when I come to, to turn people's nips go on, their houses are normally nasty. And I said, I got to live better. I got to. Yo, that is amazing. He was telling you that you, he was telling you to get your life to, he was telling you to get it right. <laughs> yes. I said, you know, I will never, I won't do it again. So anyway, so as I was sitting on the table, the Holy Spirit said, you have a book that can change that. And I said, I'm listening. I'm like, what? And, mm. and sure enough, I had Dave Ramsey's book called Tonal Money Makeover. So I went, uh, looked for the book. I had the book and I read the book in one day and I said, you know what? We on it. We about to get debt free. We're about to get debt free. I gave it to Tony. He read it. And then we were on the go ever since. Yeah, I was like, Let's get it. Uh, that's, that's amazing. And I mean, it's just, it's been a blessing all the way around and, it's something that, as I thought, as I went through, we're not too far from slavery. So yeah. who is going to teach who about money? 
come on. Like, come who, on. who's going to fight that Goliath? Because it is. You know, the culture has made it so acceptable to have debt that it's normal. But just because yeah. it's normal doesn't mean it's okay. And it's just yeah. not okay. And um, I look at my mom. She didn't know about money. And it really came, it became my mission because that happened in October 2019 when we started our journey to becoming debt-free. Well, March 2020, I found out my mom had stage four cancer. And so they gave her three months to live. So she died in April. So she died a month later. And I got her bank statement. When I got her bank statement, she had $74 to her name. And I thought the last meal my mom had outside of the hospital was Pizza Hut. Wow. And had we not started our journey in October 2019, we would not have had the money that it cost to bury her or for her cremation because she asked to be cremated. Wow. So it was like everything happens for a reason at the time that it's supposed to happen. I did not know that that was coming about, but I didn't know that I was going to be flying back and forth to Washington to see them. Uh, you know, just to take care of business, my sister Carla yeah. and I. And so everything happens the way it's supposed to. But then I'm like, OK, seventy four dollars in our account, her account. I'm not going to do that to my children. I'm just not. I'm not going to yeah. send them through probate with with all this stuff. I'm going to leave a legacy of financial literacy. I'm going to leave them money. I'm going to leave them millions of dollars. I'm not yeah. going to leave them debt. And that has just been my mission ever since. So, you know, after that. Less than a year later, my grandma, she passed away. And then you start looking at neither one of them knew how to deal with money, but it wasn't their Mm -hmm. fault. You know, it's like I cannot blame them for not teaching me what they did not know themselves. And so it's up to me. So it's my generation. And I'm learning so that my kids will know. Uh, Tony and I are both learning so that our kids will know and that our name will be it's a legacy. I'm about yeah. legacy at this point. Um, wow. I just, that's all I'm about. It, wow. I don't care about no Louis Vuitton bag. I don't care about no Jordans. I don't care about no nothing. I don't care about no vacations. I care about leaving my children millions of dollars when I'm dead. If I die today, if I die today, wow. what am I leaving my child? And it's, so it's much, it has nothing to do with me. I'm looking at the generations past me. And there's Listen. no no purse that I could buy that can give me that. There's that no vacation that 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 could give me that. And it, it just it takes bravery. It takes sacrifice. It takes discipline. It takes just the ability to stand steadfast, regardless of what culture tries to get you to do. Yeah. And I'm game. It's game. It's game. Oof. We paid Oof. off. $173,000 already. House is paid yes, for. Man. No credit cards. We don't fool with it. Nothing. I'm, wow. it's, I'm sold out. The, the wow. freedom that I have to not have to work all year and not have to, uh, to, to worry about where money's coming from, there, that's, a, that's a stress level that cannot be provided by any other means than financial wow. freedom. 
So Jeez. anyway, I could talk for a long time about that. No, no, but that's it, see, that's that's why I knew you were on fire. Oh my god, you just went, you just went in, you just, you just turned into Jordan at, at, at the at the ninety two finals. You just hit six threes on us in the first half. God, you know when I coach people, I see that people just don't believe it can be done. Yeah. And they just need a plan and someone to believe. Yeah. 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 Uh, And it's really just God's way of managing money. But it's just, we get caught up in how we look in our emotional desires. And really it's just the heart. The heart causes you to spend the money the way you do. Something is deficient in that. Something is going on in your heart posture that makes you spend money the way that you do. And if you can figure out why, you're on to something. Oh, yeah. Because mine was Target. I I love Target. Oh, Target was your... Oh, (laughs) I love Target. And, And it was funny because I felt like it was a safe place to be. I wasn't drinking. I wasn't cheating. I'm not out in the clubs. I'm at Target. And so then I realized one day the Holy Spirit just dropped on me like, you are a target. They are targeting you. And I said, huh. Target booty. (laughs) And it was funny because I saw a shirt that said target is my happy place. And And so I said, so God was like, is target your happy place or am I your happy place? And I said, you know what? Yeah. Man, when I say he bopped you, <laughs> he and so bopped you with that. I would go to Target and just buy five shirts of the same shirts, different colors because they were on sale. And once I figured out that I was actually hurting my family, no, I wasn't doing what the world would see as bad wife behavior, but I was spending money that didn't need to be spent to pacify yeah. the fact that I needed a break from my kids. It was, I, I was tired of being around kids. I was tired of kid oh, conversation. And once I realized, oh, it's because I'm tired of my children. I'm trying to get away from y'all, right? There's wow. nothing wrong with having time away from your kids, but I was just doing it in an unhealthy manner. And once I came to truth from, with my heart posture, was like, okay, now I can move forward. There's something, you know, I don't have to be controlled by the sales at Target, by I mean, at Target, they're good. No, no, they're good. You go to Target, I don't go anymore. You go to Target, get some Too Faced and the Snickers. You come out $82. Lighter. And whether whether your poison is Walmart. I mean, it doesn't matter what store you choose. Yeah, you got a poison. You got there, a poison. There is, they are spending millions of dollars to get you to spend more than you should. Oh, 100%. So you got to put your defenses up, so... But yeah. Okay. Okay. That's uh. Oh man, this is good. See, this is why I want a separate episode and bring you and Tony in, Mm -hmm. so you can talk about that journey Mm -hmm. of um. Yo, if you don't, if you don't listen, don't get me on my soapbox. But if you don't start a YouTube, I know you're in the process. I know you're in the process. I know you. You had to pause to do some because you've already done some some coaching, correct? Correct. Yes. You've already spoken in places, so this yes. is not a. You ain't think about this yesterday. Like you're mm-hmm. you're proven vet. Like you're in it. You're in yeah. it. So I'm yeah, I just want as many people here. as possible to hear it and to get freedom. Yeah. I mean, you will change everything about your family for generations to come. Like your name will be talked mm-hmm. about. 
your she name. Stop, y'all. She I'm sorry. She stop. <laughs> no, this, this is how you know it's from God, right? It's like, <laughs> this is a, it's a mission that you, I mean, the line that you said where it was just like, yo, who was supposed to teach us? Uh-huh. Who? So you're like, yo, if I'm here, you know, Hove did that. So hopefully you don't have to go through that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, um, anyway, all right, let's, 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 let's end the first part there. We want to do a quick little, uh, little rapid fire segment, you know? All right. So how about this midway or Vegas, Harry Reid airport? Vegas. Okay. Easy. She said that. She said that easy. Um, but this one shouldn't be so easy. Will Downing or Tracy Chapman? Oh, wow. <laughs> I got to go Will Downing because uh, I just focus on I just focus on Tracy Chapman's first album. Uh, so, but Will Downing has more than one that I rock with. So I got to go Will Downing. Okay. Did not think he was going there. Um, I, I try. So <laughs> nice one. Nice one. Um, flight attendant versus uh, financial coaching. Financial coaching. Well, of course, you could, if you heard the last <laughs> five minutes of the I show, mean, you'll know exactly that answer. Um, so, well, this this messes up my. Well, it doesn't really. Fast song versus give me one reason to stay here. Ooh. Fast car. Fast car. Okay. Wait, I said fast song because in living color, <laughs> I read a fast. <laughs> it is actually fast car. <laughs> That's a shame. Pray for him, y'all. Pray for this man. Yo, that is, oh, man. Fast up. Um, let's ask one more. Uh, CTS versus Donatello. You know, I got a soft spot for Donatello. <sighs> that, car, that car brought me through. I was in I was in oh. Vegas with no air, so I gotta go Donatello. I spent three years Donatello. in Vegas with no air. I used to take bags of ice off the airplane, and I used to sit the ice on my lap as my air conditioned bag. Man, that car ain't had no radio. <laughs> Donatello, named after a Ninja Turtle. What? Oh. Come on. I was going to say, named after the turtle. You had him in the dashboard there. Yeah, you know? and it was funny because when I was at Sprint, a little kid gave me that doll that was there, that Ninja Turtle. That's how the, I was looking for the car. This is how good God is. I was looking for the car, and this little kid comes in, and he's like, here, I want you to have this. I said, oh, no, I can't take that. And his mom was like, no, you have to take it. If he's giving it to you, you have to take it. And sure enough, after that, I bought a green car. I said, the name is Donatello. I mean, it's just Donatello. It was so easy, huh? It oh, was. 
Oh, that car had it not been for Tony and me having a Nahi, I would still have that car. He made me give that car. He made me give that car away. (laughs) He was like, my daughter would not be driving in no car with no air. All right. Um, Listen, this is um, this has been well. This has been great. Thank you for uh, for sharing. Uh, th- thank you for coming on. Man, it's been a great episode. It goes a little longer than I than I normally do with the interviews, but it's worth it. Um, if you, can, I don't even want to do that because I want to save your financial literacy for another episode. So anyway, thank you, Hypatia, uh, for for coming on. <laughs> we My held it together pretty good. <laughs> hey. All right, I good do what people. I can. Yo, hey, you do what you can. I should have just made this a two-parter, and um, just as the as a way to come back. And um, yeah, so all right, good people. Uh, until next time. Ooh. Wasn't that a spirited? Um, high energy, amazing interview, man. Hypatia is, <laughs> is a firecracker, man. Thank you, Pay, once again for, uh, you know, taking time away from your family to be on the show. I appreciate you forever. Um, yeah, yeah, man. I can't wait to uh, have her come back um, to talk about uh, you know the financial literacy and getting debt free, because as you can see, she got she got really uh, passionate and fiery about that. It's funny because she's commented, she listens to the show as well, so she's commented on uh, past episodes um, about how you know passionate other other guests were um, about what they do. So uh, it's great to see her uh, kind of you know be that passionate herself on the show about something she loves to do can't wait to bring her and tony on to talk about um how much debt they've canceled man that's amazing that's amazing so um yeah thanks again pay so this week on you know the musical note if you will it's funny during the interview i had a brain fart and i forgot the name of the, uh, the rapid fire, which I call play it by ear, but just for, you know, <laughs> for future reference, I didn't say it here, but that's what it's called. And uh, for this section uh, is called the um, uh, the musical note. So this week, seeing as how Eddie Murphy uh, has a new movie out called You People, uh, he's not the normal, you know, dry. He's not the, he's, you know, he's a star of the movie. He's starring in the movie, but he's not the lead character, which is odd to see. We don't normally see that, you know, from Eddie Murphy. We saw it with, you know, Dream Girls. You know, he was one of the main characters, but not the main character. Uh, well, he was a main character, but not one of the main characters. Um, so, you know, um, I, honestly, I think... Um, you should watch it for yourself. I was going to give a, a quick review, but I think you should watch it for yourself. Um, starring, um, well, first of all, written um, and directed uh, directed by Kenya Barris. 
uh, from Blackish, from Grownish, from yo, please God let season two of Black AF be on the way. I, I watched it three times. I love it. So anyway, um, uh, co-written by Kenya Barris and Jonah Hill, and starring Jonah Hill and Lauren London. They, you know, they they fall in love, and their parents both on both sides, um, played by David Duchovny, uh, Jonah Hill's parents, um, played by David Duchovny, and um, Elaine Elaine Bennis from Seinfeld, Julia Louis Dreyfus, um, and then Lauren London's parents are played by uh, Nia Long, my God, still, and Eddie Murphy. And, um, you know, if you don't know, Eddie Murphy and uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus were on um, SNL together at the same time. Um, And yeah, Eddie Murphy talks about a time where this is not the story. This is a story where uh, they were, you know, it was the first time Eddie Murphy had like permed his hair. And Julia Louis-Dreyfus was was the first person that he saw at SNL who saw him and his new hair. She shook his hand like, what the what the hell is that in your hair? But but she didn't say that. She was just like, oh, hey, how you doing? You know how white people do Um, or anybody who's, you know, trying to be polite, rather. And uh, yeah, so I thought it was uh, interesting. So um, this story is about. Eddie Murphy. So apparently, you know, just in the spirit of the new movie, uh, Eddie Murphy back in the early 80s um, made a bet with Richard Pryor. Um, Richard Pryor said, I bet you $100,000 that you can't sing. (laughs) Right? And you know, Richard was everybody's idol. So just imagine that spirited conversation. You know, I wish I could do impressions now. I would, I would, do, I would do one of Richard Pryor. So here, Richard Pryor is his idol. Bet him a hundred thousand dollars that he couldn't sing. And you know, Eddie Murphy had done some singing on, uh, on SNL a little bit, and obviously, you know, he would go on to, to put your mouth on me. Remember that from the nineties? Um, What's up with you, with Michael Jackson? the weirdest video in existence if you haven't checked it out watch it um but anyway the bet with richard pryor for 100k and eddie murphy um goes to spend a weekend at rick james house that turns into two weeks because they got snowed in in buffalo new york so during that time um rick james I'm Rick James, bitch. So first of all, let me let me go back. There was a couple of people that tagged me in a video the other day asking me that I know it was Rick James in the movie Life. I said, nigga, what? And and also, and I'm, this is going to be rude, but slap yourself if you're just now finding that out. If you've never seen Life or if it wasn't like one of your favorite movies, cool. I get that. But if you've been watching Life since 1999, you just now found out uh, that that was uh, that that was the Rick James was you know like the main gangster in there. Then shut up talking to me. 
just just I don't even want to talk to you about it. Um, also, I know I'm off on a tangent, but there was a guy on Instagram. Um, he was a somebody show saying that life was uh, saying that life was a sequel to Harlem Nights. And also, I, I would like him to also shut up talking to me. <laughs> One of the facts that he used, which was a great, it was a great moment in life when he's fighting, when Eddie Murphy's fighting a big dude and he, and he punches Eddie. Eddie says, I know a bitch named Della hit harder than you. Right? So that was a shout out to, you know, a cross movie reference to, um, to De- him and Della Reese's fight in life 10 years earlier i'm sorry in uh, harlem night so anyway uh man i got a chance to meet delores too yeah i had a i had a i'm off on a real tangent now i had a part-time job about 10 11 years ago at uh staples center nokia center that's where the uh, the lakers play and where they have another little concert venue across the across the street from which there's a tunnel underground to go from one to the other by the way just in case you live in LA. And um, I was working outside and uh, there's a, an entrance for celebrities. And they somebody had her in a wheelchair and somebody came to me like, hey, can you get this person um, to the to the other door? And I'm like, well, who is the other person? And then they revealed Della Reese walking. I was like, oh shit, I got, how you doing miss? I got you, you know what I'm saying? Boom, 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 got her to the, to the door she needed to be at and all that. Um, anyway, so now we're back. This is what happened when you go off on tangents. I I love it. But anyway, you're here. Hopefully you're still here. If you are great, if you're not, then I'll see you next week. Um, so yeah, Eddie Murphy makes a hundred thousand dollar bet with Richard Pryor and, and then Richard, I mean, sorry, Eddie Murphy goes to visit Rick James for what's supposed to be a weekend. Ends up being two weeks that they're snowed in. During this two weeks, the genius himself, Rick James, helped Eddie Murphy um, craft his debut album. Um, of which, you know, we got the class, the karaoke classic, and just classic hit number two on the on the pop billboards or some shit like that. Um, party all the time yeah and uh, in the liner notes of the album <laughs> Eddie Murphy wrote to Richard Pryor my idol with whom I have a 100,000 bet no motherfucker I didn't forget ain't that some shit? <laughs> ain't that some crazy shit man that's amazing that's, a, that's I mean even when I heard the story I was like oh that's that's great. Like I knew immediately I had to use it uh, somewhere. It just so happens Eddie Murphy's joint came out. His movie, new movie came out uh, this week and, um, you know, I got a chance to use it. So there you go. Good people. Oh man. Feel good to be back. Like I said, we're going to get you episodes um, back to back. Um, you know, for, for as long as we can, this is season two. <laughs> I know I left you a while ago. This is season two of uh, What's Your Favorite Song? And uh, yeah, that's about it. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So we're going to end this episode uh, same way we do every week. 
uh, with words from the great Quincy Jones, who says, let's try not to be so full of ourselves. Uh, instead, let's always leave space for God to come in the room. What's your favorite song? 